This is the Festival of the Mind podcast from the University of Sheffield. This episode is brought to you in association with Off the Shelf. John Barton presents Sheffield Roundwalk, an exploration of Sheffield's industrial past, geology and wildlife. I think the Sheffield Roundwalk is special. You know, to do it, to think that, I mean, it takes a day. If you're going to walk it, it it's a day walk. Um, if you want to run it to two and a half hours, three hours is a, is a good time. It's an ever-changing walk. There's very, very few parts of the walk can you see more than 150, 100 metres. Before you've got tired of one, one view, you, you're three views further on or you, something something else has happened. So it's, it's ever, ever-changing. It's wilderness. The, you know, it's, it's a, well, it's not wilderness, it's, it's wildness. There's there is a sense of adventure and a, and, a, and a sense you've escaped everything in certain parts of the work, walk. I think I think one of the most amazing things about it is is you can be walking along a section of woodland and you feel as though you could be in the the black forest of in Germany. Or and when you look at it on on Google Earth or Google Maps, you can see actually what you're on is a you're on a footpath with a narrow strip of trees to the left and a narrow strip of trees to the right. And I've, and just beyond those narrow strips will be Sainsbury's and a housing estate and a car park. And you know, But we have managed to keep hold of those, those bits of trees. It's also a very accessible walk. You can do bits of it. Some bits of it are, you know, are very accessible to disabled people and you know, people who just want a short, short walk. The whole walk itself is easy to get to by bus. You can do links, link-ups using public transport. You know, the paths are generally wide. They're all weather. I think there's one style and one gate on the whole walk, which is quite quite remarkable. And and it's uh, it's all weather. You can do it in all seasons. You know, generally it never gets overly muddy. You know, I'm not to say you won't get your feet wet if you do it, uh, certainly this week, but, you know, it, it, is, it is a good all-weather route. It's well signed so it's not it's not the hardest navigation you'll have to do in fact you don't even need to buy my book because it it's it's well enough signed for you to uh, just to get round uh not that you shouldn't buy the book because it's it's lovely uh but you know you don't you don't need to buy the book what you do need to do is go and do the walk and i guess the most important thing and i'm going to come i'm going to try and walk some bits of the walk with you now but I think I think the most interesting thing for me, or the or, or the greatest thing about it, is is when you you, you come out of one bit of woodland uh, and you cross a road, and there's there's a number of these sections in the in the walk, and you cross the road and you you know you have to wait. There's a bus and a car and people racing and hustle and bustle and the noise, and you're on tarmac and then you cross, you know you get you finally get across the road and you can you can't hear yourself think, and then there'll be a sign Sheffield Round Walk and there'll just be a gennel, and you'll head off down to the left and and there'll be a you know a house on the left and a house on the right and one of the walls will be rendered and that'll be covered in graffiti and the and then all of a sudden, the noise of the car stop as you get into the sort of muffle from the buildings. And what you'll hear a second later is birdsong and, and a stream babbling away. I think that's incredible. And it's, and it's so beautiful and mindful and relaxing that a lot of the time you don't notice what it's, what's, what's happened, the trick it's played on you, but it, it does happen. It just goes to show how close you know, relaxation and how close nature is and how close 
de-stressing can be. It can just be a second away. You'll leave that behind and you'll, you know, you'll be walking and you know, there'll be a street to cross and there'll be the bird song. You can be back in, in a world of your own and, and away, from, away from the city. And I think that's, that's it for me. You know, plus, plus it's not, it's not a busy walk. You know, you'll come across a few dog walkers and one person or another, but it's not it's not crowded. And there's so much about it. It takes you through ten thousand years of of human history in Sheffield, and, and I think that's incredible. Everything that's ever gone on in Sheffield is is illustrated on the walk. And you know, there's a there, there is a final hill. It's a long walk. It's thirteen miles, and there's a final hill, and it's a bit of a drag. It's all up up through housing and on tarmac before you get to sort of Brinkcliffe Edge. And I think one of the other delightful things is they've got the Broadfield pub at the bottom of that hill. Uh, and they do a, a nice pint and a excellent pie, as all of Sheffield people know. You can run it. Uh, I regularly do. You can race it. There's an annual uh, Sheffield Round Walk race. And, and I guess the best thing to do is just go and, go and walk it or walk, walk little bits of it. I'm going to now try and just talk you through talk you through the walk. I'll read you the the introduction for the book first. The Sheffield Round Walk is one of the most scenic long urban walks in the UK. Because of the wide variety of habitats encountered on the Round Walk, the flora and fauna, it is justifiably varied, predominantly parkland from wild and ancient woodlands through to manicured playing fields. The walk also covers gardens, urban development, rivers, streams, ponds, lakes, farmland, allotments, golf courses, meadows and hedgerows. The path uses well-marked, good trails and short sections of roadside footpath. The walk is well signposted by distinctive green signposts and acorn way markers. A fine tradition is to look out for all three species of British woodpecker, the great spotted, the lesser spotted and the green. They're all big fans of the walk. The woodland is a mix of ancient and some plantation, much continuously wooded since at least the 16th century. Mature oak and beech woodlands fill the lower valley sides with birch and rowan common in the higher cloughs, alder in wetter areas and ash in the field margins. The walk starts um, from Hunter's Bar roundabout. You start from there and you walk, you're basically walking up, up the porter, the porter valley. From Hunter's Bar, the porter descends through a series of culverts down to Sheffield Station um, before it sort of seems to disappear forever and then up from there is is the more wild river. So we we start and we walk up through Encliffe Park and Encliffe Park is, is very busy there's a, there's a fabulous park room there on a Saturday morning hundreds of people and uh, we all now know about the memorial for the um, the plane crash is is on the walk. I think that's a lovely lovely way to, way to start the walk and think think of those American pilots that came down in the war and and the uh, the memories that that evokes. So you walk up through Encliffe Park and so here we here we have the first so it's the first history. We're passing old forges and old old mill ponds and mill races and I think all very interesting early industrial revolution archaeology. As you, as you head up this hard-working stream that's turning water wheel after water wheel in, in its its entire length, you carry on up, up up through up through the parks as as we call it. This is a, a link, you know, from the Sheffield city centre to the Peak District, and you carry on up and 
uh, it gets a bit busier again at, at Forge Dam. There's a good good cafe stop there, and then and then again it gets a bit wilder, and you you sort of heading into I guess the highest part of the walk and the wildest part of the walk, and eventually it gets a bit steeper, and you you emerge uh, essentially out in into the Peak District. You can turn back and look at these huge views of Sheffield, and then you walk along the road to Ringlow Village, across the road. And you go back down through the Lim Valley. There's there's some lovely meadowland, and then uh, some old uh, what are actually um, more industrial building, a, a derelict building on the right, to do with the iron working. And uh, this summer there's been a there's a dead tree, there's a dead um, silver birch stub, about three meters of tree trunk. And I've had quite a lot of entertainment watching a family of green woodpeckers being raised in that tree over over the spring so they're getting bigger and bigger and the parents feeding them has been been great and then they fledged and then you you, you walk down the Lim Valley I think the Lim Valley is possibly one of my favorite parts of the walk beautiful sweeping beech woodland again more more mill ponds uh, and then you sort of divert past the uh, Willowdale Hall and you come down to Ecclesall Road south and that's the, it's one of the beautiful things See, so you, you, you sort of emerge in this sort of little footpath and bridleway signs going in all sorts of directions and you cross the road and there's more Sheffield round walk signs. You straight away, you're, you've, all you've done is cross a bit of tarmac and straight away you're back into a meadowland or more or less a playing field and then back into uh, Ecclesaw Woods. And here we have two or three uh, of the really, really interesting prehistoric remains which are part of the walk so there's i think there's two there's well there's one very well well known stone the cup and ring marks on uh, which are from thousands many thousands of years ago and a couple more that are, are less well known in in these woods and you also you you're walking on an ancient pack horse track uh, so you'll see slabs under your feet you know which was a way for the pack horses to come come back and forward there's little pits in the woods from the charcoal burners i believe it's the largest urban woodland in in europe uh, you know it's a huge huge extent of woodland networked with paths um, you are sharing this this section with cyclists so that you know there might be a couple of mountain bikers zooming past you which is always pleasant to see you'll see a little stream arrive full of like red from its from the iron ore that it's picked up in its as it springs out from the ground and you walk down walk down and eventually get to a little ginnel there's a little miniature railway on the left which you can see huffing and puffing at sunny sundays and again you drop onto abbeydale road and you walk along abbeydale road for a couple of hundred meters across the road and then you head into the next set of woods i can't remember off the top of the head but i, ha I have counted it so so pretty much you're pretty much walking up at about a hundred, a hundred steps. So this is, I guess, one of the, one of the hardest parts of of the walk up uh, through Lady Spring, Spring Woods, in beautiful, beautiful woods. You know, huge, huge bluebell, huge bluebell woods in the in the spring, uh, oak trees, coal coal measures on the hillsides, which which would have been mined and scraped out um, many years ago. You know, industrial revolution mining that would have happened further further east, but certainly some of these exposed coal levels would have been, uh, you know, would have been mined. So you go up through Lady Spring Wood, 
you emerge and eventually I think there's a golf course shows up and you emerge on a little lane and you, you walk you walk down the lane, you come across Beechief Abbey. And I think this is this is always interesting. I think I think there's a whole part of history because history is written by the kings and it was written by the church and all the rest of it. I think there's a lot of human history never got never got written up in particularly in the Dark Ages and the early Middle Ages. And I think I think the abbeys were probably responsible for a lot of clearing land and probably a lot of poverty as they, they cleared the land and stuck all their sheep on it. And, you know, here we have Beechief Abbey sort of survived and, you know, obviously gave it name to Abbeydale and, the, and all the rest of it. Uh, but the abbey is in remarkably good repair and you turn right uh, there and you go up past more golf courses. Often see stoats running around if, if you're out there in the evening. And hopefully you've seen at least a one woodpecker or two woodpeckers by now. And then again, you follow these lovely trails up through the woods. You're heading to Grenell. And I think, I think it's, the, it's the, this section when you drop into Chancet Woods as you, cross, as you go through Grenell, that, that's where that thing I talked about, the mindfulness of the walk, you know, is, is really marked when you go from that busy road and, and drop into the Chancet Woods. And Chancet Woods are also the ones where it's, you know, it's a very narrow strip of woodland. And, and I think we need to be you know, really appreciative that we've, we've actually just saved this narrow strip of woodland you know, from the from the housing developments and all the rest of it, and hopefully, that you know that'll always always be the case. And then we 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 walk we walk up there, and then we cross Chesterfield Road, and we go straight into I guess what you guess Graves Park, and we make our way through Graves Park, and again it's it's a it's a busy park, it's it's a big park, there's a lovely park run there, a bit of uphill to do, and then. And then we get to we, we leave Grace Park and uh, this is where the book would be quite handy because it I think there's, there's usually a sign telling you to turn right and you, you actually go along the road quite quite away before there's a sign telling you to turn left and then it's a, it's a sort of you're never quite sure and even if you've walked it a number of times like myself you're never quite sure if you're actually going the right way here because it, you seem to drop into a housing estate and then you're also almost going down what you think is somebody's drive and then it and then it all looks a bit redundant. And then all of a sudden you you are in you know you are in the Gleadless Valley in the top of the Gleadless Valley, and and you've got this this lovely descent down through the you know the Gleadless Valley. I think it's Connie Connie Greenwood. The walk just drops down and down through through that again. Just you know just never seeing anything other than trees as golf courses and schools and housing and high rise housing and the city dump and all the rest of it. But you'll, ne you'll never see any of that. You're, all you'll see is yourself, a dog walker, and hear hear the birds. You you come out of uh, come out of that, and there's a uh, uh, there's quite quite a drag, especially if you're running, quite a drag up a urban street, and then back down an urban street before you get to the top of uh, Mearsbrook Park. And uh, Mearsbrook Park, I think, uh, has that famous view. And you sort of round round the top of the you go past the bishop's house and you round the top of the tarmac and there you can just see all the and it's worth you know sort of stopping you take a photo you can just see the Sheffield city laid out before you and then you drop down through the park wiggle through Abbeydale Road and I always thought you cross the river here uh, the sheaf which obviously Sheffield's named after and I always stop and I always wait five minutes because one day. I assure you I will see an otter on that bit of the sheaf. Never have, 
and I'm confident if I keep stopping and I keep looking, I will see an otter. I'm not even 100% sure the otters have made it up that far, but I'm sure they have one evening exploring. Uh, there's certainly trout, trout in the sheaf as far up as, as there and further. So there's plenty of food for them to eat, and the river's, the river's getting cleaner and cleaner. Possibly not the biggest river in the world for, for otters uh, to live, but uh, I always stop and have a look. Go past the Broadfield pub if you, if you can drag yourself across, and then we start, which is possibly the worst, the worst bit of the work walk. As I mentioned earlier, you, you're going up through the housing estates onto Brinkliffe Edge Road, but but it's it's worth that climb because uh, along the Brinkliffe Woods again is absolutely beautiful. It's a it's a beautiful bit of woodland trail. Um, you you know you got the sort of quiet Brinkliffe Edge Road, and then you're just just a few hundred meters away. Uh, walking on the little path and then you climb out of there and you're almost straight into Chelsea Park we you know we just you just got to save you you've not got long to go now so you sort of save the walk have a stop go on the swings for a bit if you want and then you drop down through um, the terrace houses of Hunter's Bar and uh, there you are you've uh, you've you've finished the Sheffield round walk probably five or six hours later in the day Thanks to John Barton, author of Sheffield Round Walk Guidebook, published this year by Vertebrate Publishing. Available from bookshops or direct from their website. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please subscribe. We'll be publishing episodes every day of the festival. We'd love to hear your thoughts and responses on social media. Find us on Twitter at FestivalMind and at facebook.com forward slash festival of the mind. (laughs) 